This is the Hidden White Podcast, episode 644 with Paresh Shah. Enjoy. Welcome to the Hidden Wise 30-minute power segment. I am passionate about creating a lifestyle that minimizes suffering and regret. The purpose of life is not simply to survive, but to thrive, and I believe we do that by creating a life with greater freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. Each week, I'll be delivering a 30-minute conversation with a guest expert on a topic that they are knowledgeable and passionate about, with the purpose to inspire and educate us all. I don't have all the answers. I'm simply trying to figure life out. And through greater awareness and understanding, I can put into practice what I learned to further my life's progression. I can't give you your life's map. I can't show you the way, but I can assist you in discovering your why. I can help you define your life's compass to guide you purposefully to act on and pursue your life's desires. And from there, watch happiness ensue. My guests are the experts. They are the people I learn from. They provide the inspiration, education, and methodology that we can all benefit from in better navigating the ultimate life. Without further ado, let the show begin. Today's feature guest is Paresh Shah. The topic is lifters. Paresh is a unique combination of a technology engineer, serial entrepreneur, strategist to companies around the world, heroic speaker, innovation trainer, and trained mindfulness yogi. Prior to his role at the non-obvious company, Paresh was an engineer at the Northrop Grunman Aerospace and has been in technology, media, and science his whole life. Paresh is a fascinating guy, and in this interview, he sure does inspire us all to be better able to become lifters, to lift each other up, to ignite ourselves and everyone else in the world. Enjoy. G'day Paresh and welcome to the Hidden White Podcast. How the heck are you today? I'm great. And can I say g'day? Because I've always wanted to say g'day. G'day. You can. You can try. <laughs> I know. I failed. My kids would go, Dad, don't ever do that again. That was an epic fail. It sounded part New Zealand, part British and part New Jersey, so cut it out and just use your own voice is what they'd say. So good day to you. How are you? Good day. Good day, fine, sir. Yeah, really <laughs> well, Paresh. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm looking forward to speaking about the topic today, which is lifters. Um, right. So let's just jump straight into it hey? and tell us what is lifters, what is it all about, and what does it mean to you? There's a few questions there. You bet. <clears throat> First of all, thanks for having me, and thank you, everyone, for listening in to Lee and uh, his very important message. Uh, he gets it, and uh, he is really spot on with where the world is going and how do we create a world that works within ourselves, within our own lives, and within the organizations that we work in and support. So thank you, Lee. So uh, Lifter Leadership uh, has come together. Uh, my team and I have been working for years on a paradigm. So I, I came from the world of business strategy. Yeah. Uh, I'm an engineer, Harvard MBA. I've been a strategist, and I, I work with large corporations in the areas of strategy, innovation, uh, etc. And then I really, over the past decade or so, I've really gotten very deeply involved into the world of spirituality, consciousness, happiness, human flourishing, the neuroscience of happiness. And so that was like a separate world for me as I was continuing to chug away helping companies and organizations succeed, you know, create engaged workforces, be highly innovative, uh, be strategic in their thinking, and just be great, uh, inspiring leaders. And then and this whole other world was evolving. And then um, over the past couple of years, 
we're seeing what is happening on the planet uh, in terms of this galactic shift that's happening in our mindsets as a planet, and it's actually causing a lot of chaos as we essentially reset our planet. What is and this galactic shift? Sorry, just interrupting there. The galactic shift is that we are moving as a planet into a new world. We have actually just initiated this transformation over the past couple of years. Uh, and if you allow me, Lee, I'll just give you a little bit of a, a rewind in, uh, into the context of that. Every now and then, the world gets recreated by a few amazing, innovative pioneers, and they change the planet for everybody. And that sounds kind of like, you know, really big and audacious and, you know, Aladdin, whole new world. The fact is, this has happened many times in the history of mankind. Let's go back a little bit. There was a while back, Lee, where you and I, whether you were, you know, uh, in any part of the world or in America or Europe or Australia or New Zealand, anywhere, uh, there was a time where you and I and your listeners would pretty much be farming all day with the mm-hmm. hope that we would have enough food on our little family farm in what was called subsistence farming to feed ourselves and we would pray to God that there'd be enough food. And that was pretty much what we would do all day in order to survive. And then a few non-obvious thinkers, farmers, innovators said, wait a minute, let's try something different. Why don't we take the corn and put it where the soybeans used to be this time? Even though your grandmother and her grandmother and her grandfather and her grandfather forever have always had the corn there, let's move things around. And let's start paying attention to seeds and horticulture and uh, crop sharing and weather patterns. And these few pioneers, these unusual people who you know, many people laughed at and mocked back then, created a whole new world. They created the agricultural revolution. They found a way to feed the planet on a mass scale by creating these gigantic farms. And they actually created a whole new world where you and I could be doing podcasts instead of, you know, slaving on our family farm all day with our kids. So, and that created whole new opportunities. So that was a whole new world where people could now do different things. So what happened? People moved into the cities and they started specializing in what they wanted to do. And what happened next? The industrial revolution. So anyone who knew how to automate work processes, you know, do motion time controls, get people to put more tires on Henry Ford's crazy idea of this new type of thing called mass manufacturing, if you had uh, an affinity for that, if you kind of felt like you could contribute to that and you were in that world, you were a rock star. And those people then created a whole new, new world uh, through the Industrial Revolution where we all of a sudden have all kinds of things and cars and we can move people around and ideas around and things around and we can have you know toasters now delivered to us within two hours by Amazon Prime now if we need a new toaster. So that was a whole new world that the Industrial Revolution um, prompted, and that went on for years and decades and decades and decades. So the rock stars then that replaced the farming rock stars were the people who understood automation and industrial processes. Then, of course, we moved into the information revolution. Who are the rock stars then? Nerds and geeks like me. You might be one as well. Some of your (laughs) listeners are. Okay. So the nerds and the geeks were these unusual people that talked about weird stuff that no one understood. Uh, they got together in these strange circles, kind of like your podcast, and talked about strange things like HTML and this thing called the Internet and, the, and computers. And the organizations that embraced those weirdos, those unusual people, and said, you know what, there's something about what's happening on the planet 
that we need to pay attention to. We don't quite get this. Let's bring these people in and let them do what they're good at. Let them thrive. Let them have their weird conversations and give them some power. Well, they created a whole new world, and pretty much those Mm. companies now run the world, Mm. the ones who embrace the geeks and nerds as the new rock stars. Well, guess what, Lee? We've now entered a new, new, new world. Okay, the fourth evolution from happening again, agricultural to industrial. Yeah, and this new world is driven by the notion of purpose, positivity, integrity, creative self-expression, making a difference, compassion, caring, the interconnectedness of everything and everyone. And guess who the new rock stars are? We call them us lifters. We are lifters. And lifters are the new rock stars, the ones who get it, that it's all about what you, your listeners, have an affinity to. It's around positivity. It's around abundance. It's around paying it forward, servant leadership. And so we've put together, and we're really excited because we're part of creating a whole new world. And lifter leadership basically is, in many ways, what my team and amazing people like you have shared ideas over the past many years We've actually synthesized it into a model like uh, Stephen Covey had the seven habits of highly effective people. Oh, I love that book. Leader- mm. Oh, I love, I love Stephen Covey. He, he's so got it. So lifter leadership is in many ways like the new seven habits for today's time because there's a whole new world being created right now. And that's partially why, to your question, we're in a lot of turmoil right now in the world. Things are kind of upside down, topsy-turvy because it's almost like the planet is getting a chiropractic adjustment and we're shifting from an old model of business and leadership uh and and how we treat each other and ourselves into a brand new model this lifter model and the lifters are the new nerds and geeks and i tell people when i give my keynotes when we coach when we train uh folks that you heard it here when i if i were to whisper back to you lee decades ago and say hey lee there's this thing happening and it's called the internet and it's called the information revolution and you should pay attention to it and whatever you're doing, Lee, like bring in people who get this because they will be your rock stars and they're called nerds and geeks. And you'd be like, I don't know, they're kind of weird. And you know what? They're kind of pasty and they don't seem to be very, you know, engaging or extroverted. Bring, they're kind of weird. You bring them in. Basically, you will basically create something amazing. I'm telling you, this new revolution of compassion, caring, interconnectedness, um, and consciousness is what we call it. It's an era of consciousness that we're in now uh, is just happening, and it's bigger than the Internet. It's yeah. bigger than the Internet. And those who get it are going to be so amazed that I was so right that what's happening now is bigger than the Internet. And those who understand lifter leadership principles are the new rock stars. So that's um, – yeah, I love it. I love the recap, too, of this short little history. Um, Tell us, like, with this 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 whole move into the the lifters era, I suppose you could call it. Yep. You look back, and obviously, our lives evolved around how we lived our lives. So, around the agricultural revolution, around the industrial revolution, around the tech revolution. Revolution. Yep. What is it that's changing this now? Like, how is is it? Because it stems off the back of tech, obviously, but. What is it that's changed like of, about how we yeah. fundamentally live our lives? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. Um, a lot of things are changing. Uh, we highlight it as four specific mind shifts that are changing. Uh, and you and your readers and your listeners, um, they're, they're very attuned to many of these mind shifts. So what is happening is 
fundamentally, we're reorienting. I'm going to give you one of the mind shifts, okay? One of the mind shifts, and, and some of these are actually on my TEDx talk, which will point your uh, uh, listeners to at the end of the talk, if you'd like. Yeah, is cool. What, what, what we call uh, a shift in the mind shift, in the mindset, from what has historically been a world where, for instance, when I was at Harvard Business School getting my MBA, I was taught to be very effective, and I've made a lot of uh, money, and I've served a lot of clients being really good at hunting for customers, targeting customers, capturing them, segmenting them, analyzing them so I could have my share because I sure as heck don't want you to have my share because this is a world of competition, right? So that's been the model. That's been the way we've been ruled as a world for the past 100, 150 years. Now, here's what's really interestingly is we did our research to go, why is this scarcity, dog-eat-dog, competitive Mindset. Now, for instance, I work with Michael Porter. He is the god of business strategy. And he, you know, if anyone were to be known as having created the word competitive strategy, you know, value chain, um, you know, five forces, like that's Michael. It's brilliant work. So what's happened is we've been operating under a misunderstanding in this whole dynamic of hunter, hunted, predator, prey. It's like, a, like you know, we, we read the art of war. And so we use war and sports and, and um, a competition as the, the grand metaphor in everything we do in organizations, government, companies, etc. right? You know, kill the competition. We even call our employees recruits, which is an army term. Uh, so what we found was fascinating is we said, where did all this come from? Where did this mindset of, you know what, there's not enough and, you know, I got to kill the competition. I got to survive. Where did that come from? Well, we did the research and, you know, clearly Charles Darwin has had an impact on human consciousness for the past, mm. you know, 100, 150 years. So when we looked into it and when I give keynotes around the world, whether it be, you know, China or America or the Middle East or Europe uh, or even schools, you know, elementary schools, I, I'll say, so what has Charles Darwin taught us? And, of course, we'll have some really good, smart students going, survival of the fittest, natural selection, dog eat dog, winner wins all. <laughs> and so we go, yes, that is what Charles Darwin apparently taught us, right? Survival of the fittest, natural selection, I win, you lose. So we looked into that, and you wouldn't believe this, Lee. Guess what? The world has made a huge mistake. If we read Charles Darwin's thesis called The Descent of Man, it's an 880-page, you know, big thesis, uh, which was his treatise based on his research of what do we need as humans to survive, to elevate, to progress, to not kill each other, you know, and to ascend to the next level, because that's what he's about, evolution and, and ascension. What do we need? Well, guess how many times he used the word survival of the fittest out of 880 pages, given that's what everyone raises their mm. hand to be the smart student to say, what do we teach us? Survival of the fittest. You know how many times he used that word, Lee? No. Two. Mm. Competition, he only used 12 times. Cooperation, rather, as something we need to do as humans to survive, progress, he used 24 times. And guess what word Charles Darwin used 96 times to describe what we humans need to do in order to survive, progress, enhance, elevate 
our condition. Guess what word he used 96 times, which no one out of all the times I've given my keynote, unless they've heard this before, has ever, <laughs> ever raised their hand and said. You know what word it was, Lee? Uh, I could have a guess. Was it purpose? You could, because you're too close. Love. Well, there you go. Love. Is there a difference between love and purpose? It's a great question. Uh, I think love um, informs purpose. So when we love and we embody love, then uh, we generate purpose to then express it, become it, share it, etc. So this is a huge mistake is what we found out. And we go, well, how could this happen? How can the entire world from fourth grade students to CEOs who are 70 years old you know, go, what did Charles Darwin teach us about how do we survive? Survival of the fittest, Paresh. So we looked into it and said, what happened here? Well, here's what I've surmised, Lee, is Darwin was a scientist. He loved studying. Like, you know, he'd wake up in the morning, get a cup of coffee, and basically go watch the turtles and draw plant, you know, pictures of plants for like seven or eight hours on the riverside. And that's what he loved doing. He was an observer. He was a scientist. He was a naturalist. He's a philosopher. So he had another fellow on his team. You know, he had a team, just like we all have teams. And this other fellow was another researcher, and his name was Huxley. His name mm. was Thomas Huxley, not Aldous Huxley. Yeah. And Huxley's nickname, we understand from our research, that they called him, they called him the bulldog. Okay? The bulldog. Mm. And what I think happened was Huxley was a little more um, dark in his view of the world. And Darwin wasn't a self-promoter. Darwin was a scientist. So he had this other guy who was like, hey, I got my man Charles Darwin. Let me tell you what he's come up with for humanity. And this is like truth. So let's all listen to this so we can operate based on what my man Charles Darwin, the genius, has shared with us. So he went out there and started sharing Darwin's work. And he had a bit of a dark perspective. So he only focused on what? Survival of the fittest, yeah, dog yeah. eat dog, hmm. competition, okay? And if his name was the bulldog, is what they called him, one can imagine he may have even felt competition with his big boss, Charles. He's like, hey, how come Charles gets all the credit? You know, we're doing some of the work too. So humanity, Lee, has been operating under a mistaken, pre- a mistaken premise in everything we do based on this idea of survival of the fittest, competition, scarcity, etc. And it's a big mistake that lifter leadership blows up. And we go, no, that's not how it works. It never was meant to work that way. Darwin even himself said it's about love. And so we've created a uh, methodology and a way of seeing uh, leadership through this new lens of, okay, we're moving into this post-tech Revolution into a revolution of consciousness, compassion, creativity, interconnectedness of everything, everyone. And so how do we operate in that world? And so Lifter Leadership basically puts together um, a system, you know, like the seven habits of four mind shifts we all need to do as individuals, as leaders, uh, to autocorrect and align with what's happening on the planet generally. Uh, and the first of those mind shifts we call the hunt is over. Yeah. That alludes to that. And there are three other mind shifts. And what we do is we teach our uh, clients uh, specific skills that you can walk away with right away and go, oh, my God, I need to shift into this new way of doing business. 
which frankly is the old way coming back, which is about generosity, trust, loyalty, authenticity, valuing diversity and creative expression. And what we demonstrate with our clients uh, in our keynotes and training is that it's not just a goody two-shoes thing to do. Companies that operate with consciously purposeful leadership, like Lifter Leadership, they perform ten and a half times better, ten and a half times better than companies that don't. Hmm. Not ten and a half percent, ten and a half times better. Okay, they have better engagement of their workers. And as you know, seven out of ten workers in America are disengaged. They don't care. Yeah. Well, hmm. why we're not leading them with this new model of lifter leadership? We're not giving them purpose. And we're not demonstrating what integrity and authenticity really look like. We're not allowing them to be creatively self-expressed in their own unique way and wrapping it all in some sort of social purpose. So Lifter Leadership basically is resetting this model and giving people a way out of the mess because I've got leaders going, man, the workers don't care. They're checking out. I'm, I'm being pressured to innovate and I don't even know how to do it. And what we've realize is lifters are the best innovators that will innovate you out of any problem or situation you have because they have a certain way of thinking. They're more engaged than any other workers. They're socially conscious and purposeful, and they're the best ambassadors for your customers and clients. So they create a context and an environment that lifts everybody, lifts your customers, your company, your coworkers, and your community. And um, so we're really excited about it. Yeah, it's cool. It's working together, isn't it? Um, this whole this whole idea of, I suppose, you know, just stemming off the back of your your talk on Darwinism, there, um, it sort of rings individualism and the individualist societies to my mind, and then obviously collective collectivism as well. I mean, would you say that you know countries like Asia, uh, China, and that you know didn't fall so much towards, I guess, the theories of some of the theories that you talked about of Darwinism um, that were promoted, such as you know natural selection, dog eat dog, all that sort of thing. Uh, unfortunately, Lee, the whole world has bought into the trap, and we're undoing it right now. Hmm. The whole world. I've 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 got clients all over the world. We've spoken all over the world, and most people are operating, but they're also shifting very quickly, as you can see, like LinkedIn. Um, uh, Jeff uh, Wiener at LinkedIn, he's amazing. Like compassionate leadership is his mantra. And he's not just a mantra. Like they're spending money, they're bringing people, they're training people, they're living it, they're holding themselves accountable. So great companies are shifting into this model. Um, but unfortunately, um, Lee, uh, most people have bought into the, dude, we have to win and, and it's all about competition and we got to, if we don't get it, somebody else wins and we got to go hunt for this stuff. And that's, so that is, shifting. Now, the beauty of it is that same message I'm giving all around the world, everyone is receptive. Everyone, they're like, this is exactly, this solves our problem. This helps us figure out how do we innovate? How do we engage our workers? How do we build trust and loyalty with our, our customers and our employees? How do we be socially responsible? Um, and um, it's very exciting because more and more companies are getting it. And they, the, the Lifter Leadership model allows you to simultaneously address these because we have many leaders saying, hey, we got to find a way to engage our workers. We have to find a way to be socially conscious. We have to find a way to build trust with our uh, audiences. And if you do it as a point solution using the old model, it's kind of like, we got to go hunt. We got to go hunt, but we need a better spear. Give me a better spear. 
rather than the hunt is over, okay, there's a whole new way of doing business and of being a leader or being a teacher or being a parent or being an individual. Because to your point, and I've read some of your work uh, and, and listened to some of your amazing podcasts, you know, things like fear cause suffering for us as humans. Fear doesn't exist in reality. We create it. And it comes from this notion of individuality and separation and the need to survive as an idea that's separate from everything else. And so when I teach yoga, wisdom, mindfulness, etc., I really emphasize this notion that our notion of individuality stems from this false sense of ego, because ego doesn't even really exist. It's something, it's an illusion we've created. And then it comes from fear that we're not going to survive as an individual because we think we're just the only thing and we have to survive relative to other people, things, and situations and circumstances. That is a big lie. That's mm. the lie of life. It's the lie of life, Lee. You know that. You write about it. And so we shift it now from fear, individuality, individual survival, power, I'm the boss, you're the worker. That's all power, war, sports, winning, crush the other guy. And the lifter leadership model shifted into one that's around purpose, authenticity, integrity, inspiring leadership, uh, creative self-expression, innovation, in a way where, again, it's about, at the end of the day, growing your business, growing your opportunity, growing your heart. And organizations that are embracing lifter leadership are finding amazing results because Finally, these workers who they thought were like lazy, entitled, don't give, a, don't give a crap, you know, job hoppers, they're realizing, I'm right, we're, we're managing people with a model from like 150 years ago. Mm. It's like, hey, I want you to get to work and I'm going to give you an Apple II Plus. Go for it. And you're like, well, why can't I have like, you know, an iPad, you know. Air Duo or iPad Pro, I can do a much better job. So we're giving people the wrong tools, the wrong mindset, and of course they're not going to be productive. Of course they're not going to care. Of course, if we have our CEO with a picture, you know, in Africa of like a little girl that the company is supporting so that she can have clean water, but that same company is dumping toxins in a river somewhere else on the planet, today's workers, today's people not only know it, because of the, the transparency of information, they don't even need to know it. Today's people can feel it. It's a vibration. They can feel inauthenticity, and they're like, why should I work for you? Why should I give you your, my all? Your little Instagram picture does not convince me, because I know you treat these people like you know, uh, animals over here, and you're dumping stuff in the, in the rivers, so we need to be authentic. And so mm -hmm. the Lifter Leadership Model helps us move into that without shame, without blame, because it's an evolution we're going through as a planet. And it's a shift from a misunderstanding of how we should or, you know, see ourselves, see our organizations, and to your point, as individuals that need to survive versus a collective that co-survives and co-creates where everybody benefits. And it's beautiful because it works. Yeah, all in this together. So how can, uh, or where can people find out more about this lead, uh, lift, Lifter's Leadership Model? Oh, there's a couple of resources we're happy to give your uh, give to your um, oh, cool. listeners. Uh, if you go to iamalifter.com slash hidden why, iamalifter.com slash hidden why, and of course you are a lifter, so just claim it, proclaim it, declare it, I am a lifter. 
then uh, there are a variety of resources we can uh, provide to your okay. audience. First of all, you can see my TEDx uh, talk, which gives you a quick little you know glimpse of the philosophy, and you can see whether that resonates with you and the challenges you're facing as an individual, as a leader. And again, leaders can be CEOs, they can be parents. We're leaders. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number two is we have a diagnostic that is available to go, you know, what's your, you know, lifter leadership quotient? Where are you? How do you see the world in terms of this evolution? And are you prepared for this shift? Uh, the third thing is we do a lot of uh, coaching and training to uh, companies, organizations, and individuals. So if that's something that's of interest to you, if you want to be the next generation transformative leader, um, this is an amazing uh, way to um just kind of jump right in because still a lot of the, I teach in many MBA programs. A lot of the MBA programs still are teaching the old model old and it's school. not helpful. Yeah. It's yeah. old school, old school. Hmm. Uh, so we have uh, training and we have an online course uh, and we'll, uh, we'll give your guy, you'll we'll give your listeners, um, uh, you know, some sort of benefit for uh, a course on how to be a lifter leadership. We've got online burns. We've got uh, workshops as well. Uh, and I have uh, my forthcoming book uh, called Lifters, oh, Everyday cool. Leaders Who yeah. Elevate Their Coworkers, Their Companies, Their Customers, and Their Community All Together. Because that's what lifters understand is the whole thing works together. And frankly, it's easier when you make all four customers, coworkers, community, and company work together than try to do them as individual optimization. So what we'll do is we'll give your folks, uh, if they um, come over there, a, a free excerpt of the book. Uh, as it comes out, and it's going to be published first quarter of next year by Idea Press. It's going to be in all the Barnes and Nobles, all the airports, um, and um, oh, great. any way else we can help your folks. Yeah, we are here for you because you you get it. the The hidden why uh, is key. Like you know, why 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 am I doing this? Why am I showing up? Why am I? Uh, why do I exist? Well, we're here to lift each other, and the beauty is that when we lift each other. And we give you specific tools, practices, um, the things you can do right away. Um, you activate the why, which is because we're here to lift. And when you lift others, you lift yourself. When you lift yourself, you lift others. When you lift your team, you lift your clients. When you lift your clients, you lift your profits. You lift your profits, you can hire the best people to then lift more people. It's a beautiful why. That's why we do this. It's to lift. It's to serve, to pay it forward, servant leadership, whatever you want to call it. And the beauty of it is the engineer in me who's very quantitative, pragmatic, show me the money, and the Harvard MBA in me, which is, dude, I want return on investment. Where's the money? Where's the growth? Where's the innovation so I don't get disrupted? Where do, where's the engagement uh, so I can get higher productivity? The Harvard MBA in me is thoroughly satisfied with the economic benefits, with the workforce well-being benefits, with the customer loyalty benefits. So those two worlds we talked about, Lee, at the very beginning hmm. have come together in this really beautiful way that works, which is we can do all these good things that sound you know, touchy-feely nice. And the beauty is we will perform better in all aspects of our life, our families, our organizations, our world. So everybody wins. And who doesn't want that? <laughs> exactly. Mate, you can see it happening. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate the conversation, guys. I'll stick all the links in the show notes at thehiddenwide.com. This is, I believe, episode 646. So check it out at thehiddenwide.com. Presh, thanks for coming on the show. We might have to get you back on when that book comes out early next year and uh, talk a little bit more about some of the um, certain aspects of, of that book and of the model. So, um, yeah, thanks again for sharing and coming on. I'm grateful.
uh, I'm grateful as well. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to serve your audience. If there's any way I can lift you, lift your, your, lift your folks. Um, it's a tough time right now. And hang in there is my other message, okay? Remember, we're going through an adjustment as a planet. That's why there's a lot of ugliness right now, a lot of anger, a lot of confusion. Is It's a reset. It's almost like a control-alt-delete is happening on the planet. So hang in there because lifters are the ones bringing us into this whole new world. A whole new world. <laughs> as we started off before. You're loving the singing there, mate. Thank you for coming on the show, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Fresh, it's been a pleasure. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thank you for tuning in and listening to today's conversation. I really hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've been able to take something away, something to help you create a more meaningful life, a life with greater freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. Guys, if you love the content that I produce here at The Hidden Why, there are a few ways you can support me. Firstly, connect with me. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can connect with me online at thehiddenwhy.com or via social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. I would love to hear from you guys. I would love to connect with you. If you've got any thoughts, comments, feedback, suggestions, or anything at all that you'd like to ask me, you can reach me at thehiddenwhyguy at gmail.com. While you're there, guys, make sure you subscribe to thehiddenwhy.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can be kept up to date with all the new episodes and happenings here at The Hidden Why. If you love what you heard in this episode, guys, or any of the others, please share the love. Share it with your family, friends, and anyone you think that might get some value. If you haven't already done so, you can also leave me a review on iTunes. Simply head over to iTunes, type in the hidden why, click the ratings and reviews button, and leave me a short message plus a one to five star rating. It helps me reach more people. Once again, guys, I appreciate the time you've taken out of your day to support my show. Until next time, you know what to do. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose, and in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is the Hidden Why Podcast. My name is Liam Arnoldsey. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.